Hey guys, welcome to episode 26 of Next on the Platform. This week, joining me is Chop Strong. Chop, what is your real human name? Uh, my real name is Liam Hoey, uh, but you know, Chop is fine. Chop is fine. That. How have you been recently, man? Thanks for coming on as well. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been good. Uh, I've had a busy few weeks uh, in terms of coaching. I will talk about that a little later, but uh, mm. I'm doing well. One of the things I did yeah. notice is you're, you're dealing with an injury right now. Um, can you tell me how that happened and sort of what you've been doing to, to come? Because from what I read, it was kind of like a back injury sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'll give a brief background on myself. So, I've been training. I've been powerlifting for about five years now. Um, and, you know, I started off coaching, you know, just kind of like programming myself. Like, I think a lot of people do when they first get into the gym um you know and it kind of evolved from there um but you know i i've had numerous different coaches and i've had a lot of you know i've had some good really good coaches over the years um but uh you know this injury i'm not actually 100 sure when it occurred um but basically my hip labrum is a uh, partially torn um and so I, I think that you know during last summer over quarantine it happened um you know i can't I, I can remember a few times when I started getting like some hip and glute pain squatting, um, you know, in the in past I've had issues because I've actually switched back and forth from sumo and conventional like a few times. Um, you know, I've had some issues like with like my hips from pulling sumo. So it might've been linked back to that, but you know, basically, you know, my hip was hurting, my glute was hurting. I like literally like would get into the hole on squat and like I had no, like I had no ability to like fire out of it. It was a very strange feeling. Um, and so I still did a meet uh, in January, uh, but I basically was only able to squat. I literally was doing like one single on squat a week and then I just would not do anything else on squat. So, uh, you know, I did that for like four weeks in the meet and I was like, all right, I'm just going to try to like hit like a little PR, a little competition PR, not like an actual you know, gym PR, but I mean, you know, comp PR is all that really matters. And, uh, you know, I squat, I squat, uh, 250 at the meet. And, uh, you know, I had a big deadlift. Deadlift is like my lift, but I'm pretty sure the deadlift is what like aggravated it to the point where, where it's at now. Um, you know, so I hit a big deadlift and I think like it just, you know, the amount of like stress I put on it when it was already partially torn, uh, got it messed up uh, even more. So I, you know, I tried self rehabbing. I worked with some PTs, um, you know, that were good, but I just, you know, it was hard to identify the actual like, crux of the issue. And I got an MRI and figured out I was partially torn. So, you know, I've been working since then to get it better and it's been trending up again. I've actually been working with a uh, Bradley Coolyard. I don't know if you know him. Uh, he coaches uh, Connor Borkert. I uh, used to coach Charlie Dickinson, but he actually had the same injury as I do. Uh, years ago and rehabbed himself through it you know this is like way before instagram or you know what i mean like this was when there was like no you know, information <laughs> yeah exactly you know he probably you know he kind of just had to figure stuff out, out himself and so obviously now he's got a wealth more information so you know it's been getting better it's just it's a lot it's very interesting experience because a lot of like ego check you know what i mean i'm taking like you know 50 to 60 percent on squat and deadlift for like a set of two you know mm -hmm. tempo and it's like you know it, it it's been good i think for like me like long term like i think like you know i'll benefit from it 
like the, the experience being injured and especially as a coach but in the short term i'm like bro i just want to load bar you know what i mean it, it's hard but i bet man i saw i saw you took a deadlift it was like 180 kilos or whatever and obviously you'd, <laughs> you'd pulled closer to to 700 haven't you yeah i pulled uh 689 in a meet uh on the deadlift bar i pulled 675 on the stiff bar uh but i, I don't get much out of the deadlift bar because i'm conventional and you know i'm just not i'm not that guy you know what i mean so not, yeah uh, i'm one of those <laughs> one of those not that good at deadlifting guys too um it's it's it, yeah it gets dismissed oh deadlift file well whatever we've i've talked about that before on the podcast people know i don't yeah i'm not i'm not discriminatory against the deadlift bar um what have you been because obviously injury and and like you said taking 50 60 percent of your one rm uh is tough mentally what sort of what's going through your head during you know weeks even months when you can't even touch you know 70 percent of your max yeah so i mean it's interesting because it's like you know i i can hand like i could take a heavier load right but it's like you know the way i i've you know thought about with myself is it's like say i go and take like you know, a heavier, like a 70 to 80%, right? You know, and even if it moves well, it's like, how much is that setting off, setting back my progress in terms of my rehab long-term? Because it's like, mm. what's the point in taking 70 or 80% right now? Not even in prep, you know, it doesn't matter. And then like maybe adding another like two weeks or three weeks to my time frame, getting 100%, which then I can just start pushing, mm. you know? So that, that's kind of my mentality. And you know, I'm pretty young still. I'm only 25. So, you know, I figure, you know, if I get this dealt with now, you know, I have a few years of, you know, like I can string together quite a few years of like really good training, but it's like, if I don't fully deal with it now, then I'm not going to be able to do like, you know, what I, what is my thing, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do what I love. And I mean, I'm not out here to be like, you know, the best power lifter of all time or anything, you know, but I, you know, I love lifting. I want to hit bigger numbers. And if I, don't deal with this injury fully, then, you know, I, I don't, I would never be happy like retiring, you know, with the numbers that I have now, you know, you know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like, I think that a lot of it is just maturity, you know, in the beginning when I first like realized I was injured, I did not think about it like that. I like maxed out on deadlift. Like I took like, like 672, like a month after my meet in the gym, like literally randomly and it hurt like a bitch, but I was like, mm -hmm. fuck it. I'm like in a bad mood, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, I I have a friend who who's had time off for an injury and he's been very clever about it. He's worked with smart people and that sort of thing. And um, he, and you always think oh, I have time off. I'm going to get weaker and that sort of stuff. He just came back and hit a, an eight and a, a seven and a half kilo bench PR. So he benched four plates. So after all, like months and months off with a back injury and, and I know people do think oh, I'm going to get weaker, but like that isn't maybe on squad or deadlift, but like, you're not going to, it's not going to be, I think people overestimate how much strength they're going to lose and like, and they underestimate muscle memory and that sort of thing because I, I do see some people where it's like, oh, the pain is gone, so I guess the injury is too. I'm going to go back up to you know ninety percent, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's oh no, the injury is back and in this sort of thing. And it's like, um, I don't necessarily think pain disappearing is the be all end all of the injury is gone kind of thing. Um, and I know you know, I'm not in the best place to talk about pain science and whatever. And, you know, I'm not, I still got two years before I can really talk on this topic, but um, I don't think pain should be your sole indicator of like, oh, I can train hard or I can't train hard. Is that how you found it as well? Yeah. And, and I 100% agree. And like, 
you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on pain science. I'm not a PT. You know, I recommend anyone out there who has like a serious injury or something that's like bugging them, like see a legit yes. P- that is DPT the official, in their area. That's the <laughs> official recommendation of this podcast. Do not listen to us. Go and find a physio. <laughs> Go and hire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I'm not a medical professional, but, no. um, you know, we know pain. I know pain is psychosocial. You know what I mean? So, and I know that also like, you know, obviously pain, like you said, like, I agree with you. It's like, it's not the be all end all. And there's a gradient, you know what I mean? Like we all have days where, you know, something is bugging. I mean, that's like, you know, there's literally like memes about it. Like, it's hmm. like, you know, your back hurting from powerlifting and stuff, you know, it's just like, sometimes you're going to feel a little banged up and that's all right. Hmm. You know? So I, I think like, like you said, it's like, you can take time off and be fine. You know, it, it's one thing taking like, time and just taking lower percentages and taking like tempos and like, you know, doing like your rehab stuff is another thing, like literally just not going to the gym too. Mm. It's like, you're still training, you know, you might lose some of that like skill obviously. And you know, it might start to, you might feel a little awkward getting back into it. Like I actually just low barred the other day for the first time in like two months and felt fine mm-hmm. on my hips, but my, yeah, my shoulders were like, <laughs> you know yeah. especially with the, the squat bar is like i hate the squat bar so much and it like you know i've been doing uspa um for the past me i'm probably gonna do another uspa meet but like the squat bar dude is like it literally bangs up my shoulders so much and i was like i don't even hurt like in my hips i'm like but i think if i took like even three reds on this my shoulders would like be fucked up tomorrow so mm. i haven't know, had it, anybody it's, it's on funny that i could complain about the squat bar with I it, it's it's unless you're like Dan Bell, it just is too big. Like I, I I don't consider myself huge, but I'm you know bigger than average, and it beats me up. It honestly feels like you've been in a fight after using the squat bar. At least it looks like being punched in the back. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's funny too because I don't even think it's good for a guy like Dan Bell. Like I don't know if you've ever seen like. A- you know, RP, I don't know what they have out there in Australia, but I'm sure they do have a federation similar to like RPS here. Um, um, you know, is it like the untested like, type stuff? Yeah, it's like yeah. the, you know, unlimited steroids, like yes, the biggest dudes. <laughs> we have yeah, one. They, they use usually like a 65 pound bar that's actually like pretty thick. Mm. But like the problem with squat bars, it actually like whips a ton. And I don't even get why it's called a squat bar. It's like, even with like four reds, that thing is like whipping. I actually saw... Uh, quite, not to get on a tangent, but I saw this kid yesterday compete. Uh, Zach Myers, uh, I think his name is Hulk Myers. He has like the all-time world record total of 275 untested, but he squatted like 860 on the squat bar, and it literally looked like it was deadlift bar when he's walking it out. I mean, it's like the amount of whip that it it's putting out there. You know, I mm. it's just not. Yeah, squat bars is horrible. The, the squat yeah. bars that you guys have look longer than the one that I use because the one I use is only 55 pounds. So it's 25 kilo. So it's the weight of one red. Whereas, and it's like um, an extra 10, mil, 10 millimeters thick. So it's like, if you don't have the most built rear delts, it's going to roll down your back because the shelf that you built, it now doesn't fit on. It It's too big now and, and it will roll and I've had, if the bar isn't in perfect condition and it's one of the ones that the bearings or whatever, I don't know how the bars work, but there's some that <laughs> will like, are like inherently like, um, they just roll. So not only is it yeah, the, hard the, for the, you, but the actual, the plates will spin on the thing. And so just, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, 
it's not one of the things where you can just use it once in prep and you'll be fine for meet dates. Like you've got to, you really got to be using it every session. Otherwise it's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I do like, you know, I, I do strongly prefer the stiff bar for squat and deadlift. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of like just made a moral decision to not do USAPL for a little bit. Mm. Um, is but, that amazing? Uh, You're avoiding the USAPL. I'm not. I'm not asking you about. <laughs> I'm not asking you about PEDs. But like, is there an? Obviously, you're natural. But is oh, there? Yeah. Is, um, is there I'm another reason? At it. Mm. <laughs> but um, like I, I just like you know. There's a few things. One of them is that like in this area that I live, um, USPA, it's just like a better community and locally here, USPA. You know, I just I like the meat director. Uh, that runs a lot of the meets around here. You know, the, the meets are bigger. Um, you know, I, I think the quality of repping is actually, you know, a little bit higher with USPA in this area specifically. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, beyond that. But, you know, I, I just like the USPA, like, you know, the atmosphere and, and the people there a little bit more. And also, I, I had a situation where I was supposed to do USAPL Collegiate Nationals in uh, 2019. Um, but you know, they moved it obviously because of COVID and then I couldn't do it, you know, because of like, you know, graduating and everything. And I didn't get like, they wouldn't offer me a refund. The USAPL national office decided to just dump it all on the meat director and say, they're not giving any refunds for it. And that situation just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, and I know USAPL doesn't have infinite money, you know, and I'm not an expert on any of it, but it was just kind of like, you know, I feel like US, it's a business, right? You know, and the business is the lifters. You know, so it's like you gotta, you know, I, I feel like it's like better to like, you know, take the loss on that one and like make the lifters a priority in that instance, you know, and, and gain some like social, you know, clout in a way, like gain like some social, you know, whatever. And uh, you know, I, right. I, I just was disappointed the national office didn't step up and be like, you know what, we're gonna refund the lifters. Well, I mean, if they hadn't actually set up the meet, so they hadn't you know hide the i mean you you would assume they had a deposit on the venue but if they hadn't actually got the moving trucks got all the stuff you know set it all up then the money that you gave them actually hadn't been spent yet in in my head that's how i imagined because you would pay quite a way out right you pay when you register so i mean all that yeah. way out if they actually hadn't it's not like they had spent your money on whatever they were waiting to spend your money it does seem a little dodgy yeah, well, I mean, so the interesting thing is, um, and I don't know how the USAPL is doing this going forward, but the way they did collegiate nationals that year uh, was they basically had the, or this was 2020 actually. So the meet director um, wasn't like, it wasn't like the national office ran the meet, right? So it was an independent meet director that ran the meet. So it was like his money. And uh, he was saying he couldn't offer uh, refunds because of you know I think he couldn't get all of his refunds right from the events the venues and everything like he'd already it, it was like supposed to happen like two weeks after like everything got locked down so you know is that like the beginning of all that there's a lot of confusion you know nobody knew what the hell was going on so you know I, and he you know not I'm not saying he made every correct decision you know but it's definitely a tough place and I definitely understand like you know, as a meat director in that situation, it's like, what do you really do? And you're kind of looking for some support, at least from your, your national affiliate there. And, 
Well, if it's, if it's dumped on one person, I can understand and I'd have sympathy. But if it's the corporation itself, like, you know, we're not going to bankrupt this poor guy out of his job. <laughs> but if it's a yeah, corporation, exactly. then it seems a little bit more greedy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. You obviously spent, um, and like you mentioned before, I was going to touch on it. You spent the last couple of weeks uh, handling. Um, and if you guys don't already know Liam as a coach, uh, Sin Powerlifting, correct? Yep, Sin yep. Powerlifting stands for Strength and Numbers Powerlifting. Awesome. Just tell it. Tell me a little bit about it, and then we'll jump into a couple of the specific topics. Tell me, like, I don't know, how how did it, how did it come about? Because um, it's one thing to sort of coach your friends, but to start a whole, you know, a coaching entity on its own, it's a diff- it's a whole different thing. So, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great question, especially because there's like, you know, so many like new coaching like groups, you know, or people like pursuing coaching now. Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely interesting. So basically I, I got uh, lucky in a lot of ways. Uh, so my, my former coach, who's I, my training partner, Nick, uh, Nicholas Philpi, who's also a coach at some power thing was coached by this other guy, Mike, who was a DPT. And uh, he's been competing in the USAPL for like 10 years. He used to coach some colleges, um, you know, and he, he's been coaching for a long time and uh, very involved in the sport. And uh, he was coaching Nick and he was getting a lot of inquiries. And he essentially was like, I'm going to bring on Nick as like a coach under me. And uh, him and Nick got together and we're like, all right, like we think we should bring on one more person. And Nick decided to bring on me. And I was like, let's just make this a whole company instead of having it be like, you know, we're under this and all that. You know, we decided to just make it an even thing and, uh, you know, form the group. And since then, I mean, you know, I, I don't I didn't go to school for exercise science or anything. I went to school for an engineering degree, um, which I think it's funny. I think a lot of these coaches like are, were like engineering students or something or DPT or something. But, uh, you know, I, I just kind of focused on like, you know, learning as much as I could. And I had already been coaching at that point, um, but like for much cheaper and definitely like, you know, was much less experienced then. This is about like two and a half years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of just tried to learn all I could, you know what I mean? There, there, the thing about like uh, powerlifting now is there's just so much information available online and um, there's a lot of good information. There's a lot of bad information too. So you got to know like how to sift through it and kind of be like a logical person. And, you know, I, I've been lucky. I, I've, you know, had a lot of clients that of different like backgrounds, you know, different sizes, gender, you know, all that. And I think that kind of stuff has made me, you know, a much better coach just by coaching. You know, I've coached everywhere from like, you know, almost 47 kilo, you know, women to like, you know, almost like 300 pound dudes. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that spectrum is like huge. You know what I mean? And it's that, that variety. And the more, um, the sort of, the more I do in my experience, the more I coach, it's not so much the, like the actual programming with numbers that becomes difficult. Um, you, your video cut, never mind. Um, it's not so much the, 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 the numbers that become difficult. It's the relationship with different personalities that I've found to be the hardest um, in terms of just catering to, um, you know, the way they respond to you or the way they respond to their training. And it's more about learning sort of the people rather than, you know, the, the, the coaching, the programming side of it, because the programming side of it is kind of, um, 
you know, it, it's with most people that it, it's going to be that your method will probably work with the majority of people you take on. But I found that like the, the different personalities um, for me, at least has been the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree, man. And you know, I mean, there, there's like, there, there's a wide range of training styles that probably work for most people. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't think there's any one method or, you know, whatever system that's going to work, you know, that's like the best over anything. But I do think there are things that are typically better for most people. And, um, you know, I, I think like you said, it's like, you know, if, if you're doing like how most people are coaching nowadays using like, you know, block or linear periodization or undulating periodization and using RP and percentage and all that, you know, you're probably on the right track. So that's when like the communication and the relationships become so important and, you know, communicate that, that's like the majority of the service I feel like we provide in a way it's like, you know, I, I offer, and I think, I think most coaching is the same. It's like 24 seven communication, obviously like within a reason, but it's like, yeah, knowing like what to say to that person and like knowing how to like look at someone's lift and like tell them like, you know, what they should do is like definitely the hardest part of it. Cause you know, you gotta have a great eye for it. That, that's something that I really, um, you know, applaud like uh, coaches like, you know, Steve Denovi, PRF performance. You know, I I've seen, he'll send like seven minute videos of himself, like breaking down someone's lift to his athletes. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I like strive to be that level of like knowledgeable mm. and like, um, you know, like on point with communication. You know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, that's his full-time job is coaching. So it's like, you know, he, he's a smart guy and he's like, I'm going to take this very seriously. But, uh, um, you know, the communication part is key. That, that's everything, you know, and you got to have that trust between the client and the coach, you know, it's like coaches rooting for them. And, you know, it's like, you know, the client trusts the program and it's going to, you know, stay with it and, you know, be like communicative about what's going on. Mm. The, I sort of, and the thing, another thing I've come across is too, it's like not just telling them what they want to hear. And that, that sounds really simple. Um, but sometimes it's like the, the stuff they don't want to hear that's going to help them the most. And that's where I find the, what's going to distinguish between, you know, and I'm not speaking about full-time coaches. I'm talking about, you know, guys like us who are on the way to doing something like that in the potentially in the future. Um, it's about, you know, learning when someone is trying to get something out of you that they want to hear, you know, they want to hear, Oh, this is, you know, really good. Or I can do this next week or whatever it might be. And, and I think having those tougher conversations where it's like, you know, that I understand why you want to do that, but you know, that's really not the best choice for you. This is kind of why. And, and sometimes they don't like it, but sometimes, you know, it's just, they got to hear it straight. And at first you kind of, when I started at least I was like, yeah, you know, cause I was learning as well. And I didn't really have a, an understanding of what was the best and worst choice. If, if you can categorize it like that, but and now I sort of have that, um, sort of longer term vision in, in sort of looking more into the future than I was when I first started. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe at this block in the final week, we, we don't go above RP nine. We don't go above RP eight because next block we have this. And, and it's sort of making those decisions that have in the just recently started happening for me that have really been um, really beneficial, at least for my, for my athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point. It's like a lot of times it's knowing when to like reel someone in, 
Um, you know, especially, you know, I've noticed with clients that are like more like genetically gifted, it's like, you know, they can go all day. And, and mm. they, especially if they play like sports, for example, you know, in college or high school, like competitively, like they're, they're going to, you know, say they're good to go. Like they, they want to like, you know, load the bar up no matter what. And, you know, sometimes it's just about like being able to control that rate of progression. Like you were mentioning, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what we are targeting for. We got to meet say in like eight weeks or whatever. You know, this is like the goal, you know, it's like, if we do this, it could jeopardize where we want to get, mm. um, you know, and, and that's kind of like, you know, that's part of why also like, you know, RP is like such a good system, but also like, you know, semi-flawed because it does give the athlete so much, you know, if you're only using RP, it does give the athlete so much freedom, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's like, if someone's like very, you know, motivated or, you know, it gets a little bit too emotionally involved about their numbers, which I think we all do to an extent, you know, we all overshoot sometimes. I've done, you know, literally every lifter ever is overshot. You know, some people do it more than others, but if, you know, I can see, you know, definitely not this, this guy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're kind if, if you got an athlete, who's like constantly overshooting, you're giving them an RP, they're just going to keep doing it. You're not giving them any cap or anything like that. And so, you know, like I said, like the communication and like the making sure they're on board with the plan and they know like, you know, this is what the goal is. Right. So it's like, they have like that longer term vision, you know, they know like why they're doing a movement or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they know like why something is structured this way or, you know, they're like, you know, why, you know, this exercise was selected or this accessory was selected. You know, you got to be able to explain all that and justify that as a coach, in my opinion. And I'm happy to, I'd love to talk more about this and, like you know linear and rpe um the one of the things i found is um when i first started like you mentioned very emotional lifter my coach couldn't trust me and rightfully so you know we started off with his projections so he would just write in the kilos every week and this was when we first started and over time you know he learned to trust me and i learned sort of what rpe is and i'm still learning uh, particularly on my squat and deadlift what an rpe is um so now we're at the stage where he'll give me an RPE and potentially his prediction for it. So RPE eight and a half today, 245, RPE eight, whatever, or like a range. And so that has, for me, has been, because obviously like the thing, my issue with RPE is that you start to run yourself into the ground. So let's say every Monday, whatever, you have a tough day at work and you're on strictly RPE based that momentum that you want to gain and that progression from week to week during the block starts to slow or actually stops or regresses because you know, you're taking it too much based on how you feel on that particular day, wherein sometimes, you know, you might feel like, you know, let's just say 200 kilos is the right choice for you on that particular day. Um, but to progress, you might need to take 205 to 10 or even less say. So I think, um, what what my coach has done for me in the past with an rpe so it is dependent on the day but also within a certain range so he says you know 240 to 250 so let's we what we want the rpe to be in that range if you think it's going to be if you think you need to take less or more based on that rpe too bad you have to stay in this range so it's like potentially we overshoot or undershoot but it's within what he thinks is going to be the right number to progress from week to week and so as a lifter who, like I've mentioned, not fantastic with RPE and I get a lot of comments on my stuff, you know, this was not that RPE. And it's like, okay, well, I, <laughs> I don't take it personally. Like 
people will comment this. There's no way this is RP8. It's like, okay, like I'll, I take it on board. I'm like, am I really in tune with how it feels? I think I'm okay with bench, but squat and deadlift is where people will tell me, you know, this is less like you're, you're undershooting a lot. Um, and, you know, and as much as I joke about undershooting and how much I hate overshooting that sort of thing, it's not great to undershoot either. And that's what I mean with the, the thing about not progressing is when, you, when you're too invested in how you feel on a particular day, you probably do undershoot and you probably don't really take what you need to move forward in the block. And I, I'm ranting a little bit, but that's at least my experience with being coached that way. And now what I've done to take it on board and that's kind of how I coach now as well as obviously for different people, we use percentages or RPE, or I just give them kilos that I want them to hit um, based on, you know, how emotional they are, what block it is, if they're, you know, their training history and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think people, like you said to me, if you're using solely RPE, it's just, a, it's going to be at some point a disaster because not every day you're going to feel great in any block yeah yeah and i i know i like that little little rant there and, and yeah. i agree and you know it's funny you know people telling you like oh this was rp it's like all right you know what i mean like did it, you do the, lift the rate of perceived you? exertion yeah you know what i mean and, and that's the thing about yeah it's like completely you know up <laughs> to you you know like, like and it also it doesn't really matter as long as you're consistent with your rating you know what i mean like your coach is aware of that and i do the same exact thing as your coach like you know what i mean i I use a weight cap or a weight range, um, you know, of what I want. And that's like based off percentage of an estimated uh, one RM. Uh, you know, I, I typically will do like a moving average of a percentage of, of uh, or a moving average of the estimated one RM and I'll use percentage of that. But, uh, you know, it's like you, you want to keep people within the bounds. Like you said, it's like, you know, sometimes you have to take, you know, a little bit more aggressive sets in order to, um, you know, progress, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to back off and it's about knowing when to do that. And, you know, if you're only using RP, you're putting a lot of faith into your client to like think on a macro scale. And honestly, what they're paying you to do is like be managing their training, you know? So it's like, if you're a coach, like you're supposed to be in charge of, like not every athlete wants to know like the minutia or like their whole macro game plan. Like sometimes they just want to train and be told what number to do, or, you know, be like, all right, I have to hit this RP within this range. Like, you know, mm. we're like basically narrowing the bounds of like how much they have to consider and just making them focus on like their execution, their training. Like, I don't want them to have to consider like, okay, I got to hit this week like this. Cause next week, you know, I got an RP seven and a half and you know, that's one and a half more than I did this week. So that means that I need to, do X amount this week in order to get to this amount that next week, it, it, it becomes a cycle and I feel like it leads to overshooting. Like inevitably mm -hmm. it's like, you see, say your coach sends you four weeks and they see, you see an RP nine, you know, at the end of the block, it's like, you're like, all right, what jumps do I have to take to get to this like PR number that I'm going to hit at RP nine. And it's, it's not, what will I do to get to RP nine? It's what will I do to get to the number that I want to be an RP nine? And that's exactly. when they go off track. And that's why I send one week at a time. So when I coach, um, I will send a week at a time and I'm happy to talk about the rest of the block with them. I'm not, I usually will say we'll probably end up at, in this range of an RPE, but I always say, we'll see how we go. So um, I've, with my coaching, I've always been sent a week and that's not a typical thing. I know a lot of coaches send blocks 
or even cycles um, and then just do weekly feedback. Whereas my coach does it weekly for me and I do it weekly for all of my clients where I don't even show them the next week. I don't want them going really easy on accessories because they know next week they have an RP eight and a half and next week they want to hit this at RP eight and a half. So I kind of show them and tell them what I want them to know uh, so that they, because like you've mentioned, people get emotional. So like if I know I have this certain RP and with a prep, obviously I'll just say in a prep, I, you know, I have a guy prepping right now. I'm going to tell him the whole thing. It's very important for him to know, but with an off season, um, or even like a singles block where they're just practicing. I think it's, it, and it has worked well. Like they'll ask me, you know, what are we doing next week? And I'll say, you know, this is the plan for next week, but we'll see how you go this week. And it kind of keeps them more level-headed because they're thinking about the current week that they're in and not the the following week that's coming up. And that's something that that's just, I'm biased in that way because that's what I've always done. And it's yeah. just a matter of, you know, doing what we can this week Try not to think about next week because if I wanted you to think about next week, I would, you know, I would tell you and I would say this is the plan. And, you know, maybe in the final week of the block, I'm like, okay, go a little easier on this this week because we have, you know, week four next week. But, you know, weeks one to three, I don't want them thinking about like what's coming up. It's just like train hard now. Think about this week. You know, if, we, if we're trying to take logical, because the thing is like with the guys that I'm coaching, there's no need for us to have this certain weight at this certain RPE. You know, only a couple of them compete. The rest are just strength athletes. So it's like, really, what does it matter in the long run if we take 150 kilos at RPE 7? Like, what does that actually matter to anybody? It's, it's just an emotional attachment to that number. So um, that's at least, I know you probably do, you probably send blocks at a time. I know a lot of people do, but that's, um, yeah, I've, I'm a big fan of just doing it weekly. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I, we also do weekly, uh, which is oh. why I was, I was surprised. Cause like most people, yeah, like the vast majority of coaches do monthly and, um, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, a, a lot of coaches that do monthly will like go back in and like make adjustments during the block, hmm. you know, if necessary. But like, like you said, like, you know, I, I want the athlete to focus on like what they're doing that day. You know what I mean? Like if I had time, I would even give them like one day at a time sometimes maybe. Yeah. You know? So we're not like, you know, anxious for a lift coming up. So obviously you got to give them some idea of what's going on. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, if we want them to be focused on their execution and not, you know, completely emotionally invested in certain numbers or, you know, X, Y, Z, then, then giving them a week at a time, I feel like is better. It's a little bit more effort as a coach. I'll say that and mm, doing yes. monthly, but you know, I, I, I don't mind it. You know, I just kind of devote, you know, however many hours it takes me, um, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday to get all my programs done. And, and another reason I like the weekly is because it makes, it allows me to be like more reactive in my train, like, you know, mm. in my response to my clients, like, you know, say they had a really good week, you know, or say they had a really bad week and it's unexpected. It's like, like we can look at like the factors leading into that. And like, we kind of like course correct a little bit during the block, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, uh, you know, I always say it's, sorry, one more thing. It's, no, I always yeah. say it's like, like, uh, you know, it's better to like, you know, I'd rather you like hit, hit a number right within their weight cap or weight range. And then it moves better than, you know, the RP that was intended. Then like you like, hit a number and then you're like oh like i wanted to hit this you know number next week and then it's like you know you're putting all this expectation on yourself it's like just train man you know at the end of the day it's like 
if you're in this for a long time, it won't matter, you know, like whether or not you hit one kilo or two and a half kilos more on a certain day, you know, as long as you're continuously like following the plan and like, you know, thinking in a, you know, on a long-term basis, you're going to, you're going to succeed. Hmm. I, I like what you said about the being more reactive. Cause I think, um, and obviously there's ups and downs to doing weekly as opposed to just sending a block and making adjustments. I think is uh, I would imagine when you send a whole block, if there is a slight deviation from what you hoped would happen, you're like, I would imagine I'd be like, okay, well, you know, this is the plan. So you should be okay to just stick with the plan. Like benefit of the doubt, you're going to be fine. We'll just keep moving forward as is. Whereas with weekly, if there is a slight deviation from the plan from the week, it's like, okay, well, I like, I've, oh, I, you know, I, I plan out the block, but I just don't write it. I don't send it to them. So it's like, okay, well, this didn't go exactly as how I wanted it to. And it's more in that, like, you can adjust from there without getting too attached to what the plan was. Cause you know, like I had a guy get sick and we sort of lost momentum. So instead of going, Oh, you know, cause this was the plan and maybe, you know, we can still try to get to there. And if we just do this and this, I was like, okay, let's just, let's just like go like this for the rest of the block. Let's just keep it at, you know, 90 degrees. We're just going to go flat for two more weeks, finish the block off. And there was no attachment to what could have been because I hadn't written it yet. And I hadn't talked, you know, we hadn't spoken about potential week four. We, you know, if he had asked me, we would have, but um, that's kind of the way I see it is that as a coach, I'm also not attached to the plan because, you know, as an athlete, they get very, and I as well get very emotional with my numbers and how I'm feeling and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, they aren't too bummed out by what could have been because they don't, they don't get to see, Oh, RP nine and a half, you know, Oh, now we're off. Now I'm sick. You know, it's ruined kind of thing. It's like, they talk to me. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. We'll adjust. We still get to the hype with that we want at the end of the block, but you know, it maybe it is one RP lower than, or it's 10 kilos lower than what they could have done, but they don't necessarily know that. So it's like a way of, you know, it's the way I've done it, but also that's how, like, is there are some positives to it um, that you don't necessarily get when your athlete is seeing the plan for the whole block. And I'm sure, you know, someone listening who sends blocks would be like, well, this is the upside to sending month, you know, a month of it. And, you know, I can, there's definitely downsides to weekly. And of course there is, but that's been a huge plus, you know, for me as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, luckily me and you have the same bias, <laughs> you know, in yes. terms of the weekly versus monthly. So, you know, it's pretty easy to agree on that. And, mm. and I agree. I mean, some things happen all the time, you know, in terms of like, you know, like people's training, like there's so many external factors. And ultimately, like a lot of people are just doing this. The vast majority of people are doing this, you know, for fun, ultimately, you know, to do something, you know, athletic and, you know, to, you know, have, have their fun and you know, lift weights and, you know, there's going to be life stressors that are going to come up that are going to impact training. Like, you know, I coach one dude, he does, you know, a lot of manual labor for his job. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll like, you know, text me like before he trains, like, dude, he's like, I'm just not going to be able to squat today. Like, it will be horrible. I'm like, you know what, man, that's all right. We can just mm -hmm. move it to tomorrow. You know, sometimes, you know, I have to be like, all right, let's just get it done for today. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, you got to do it today, but it's like, knowing how to be like reactive around people's like schedules and all that, or like, you know, life struggles come up, like someone gets sick and they like literally can't train. Like you said, it's like, 
you know, you gotta just do what you can. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, the plan isn't like set in stone. You know, it's, you always have to plan as a coach, but it's like the plan, you can't be like married to that plan. Like, all right, mm -hmm. you're coming back from being sick. All right. We're hitting an RP eight single. It's like, dude, it's like, let's be realistic here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I have, a, it's funny you say that. I have a guy who's sick right now. He's probably listening to this. He's been sick. He's <laughs> like, Oh, you know, I miss Saturdays. Like he just hit a bench PR and his Saturday is the tertiary bench. So he'd done the bench PR, you know, Saturday was his last day of the week. He's like, Oh, I'll have to miss today's session. You know, hopefully I'm cool by Monday. I'm like, bro, we just hit three PRs. You just added all this to your total. This is your tertiary bench. Then you have a rest day and then you have a deload. It's probably not going to matter if you're sick half of the week. Like it, it will not matter. It's like, um, and I feel like half the time, that's what my job is, is just being impartial to them getting worked up in their head, just the way I do as an athlete. And so I think coaching has actually made me a better lifter too. Cause it's like, what would, what would I say if, if this was one of my guys? So it's like, Oh, you know, I don't get sick often, but um, if I did, I would think, what would I say to, you know, whoever, if they were to get sick and I think, Oh yeah, well, it will probably won't matter if you miss one session or if one session is lower RP. It's like, um, before I started coaching, I was very, very, very emotional and attached to what could be, what could have been, you know, asking my coach, do you think we'll hit this in this time period? And I've just stopped doing that. Cause now it's like, the question is like, do you think we'll hit this in a certain time period? It's like, you can never really answer that. It's like, I'll say, yeah, like we have a good, you know, people will ask me and I ask my coach this stuff as well. It's like, what do you think we can hit in blah, blah, blah. Or can we hit this number by this? It's like, yes, like it's possible. We can do that, but I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to do it because then, and I'm not going to tell you that you can't do it because, you know, either way it has a big mental effect. And so I've stopped asking my coach that stuff. I've stopped, you know, when do you think we'll bench 200 kilo? Like I just don't because I know his answer will just be the answer that I would have given if someone had to ask me that stuff. I don't like, how do you deal? How do you deal with someone who's like, Oh, can we hit this number by this time? It's like, what do you even say? It's like, yes, we probably can. But what do you actually say to that? I mean, yeah, I, that's like my least favorite question. It's like, can <laughs> I hit X number by Y date? I'm like, that's like literally a ridiculous question. Like, it's like, I'm not like a fortune teller, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can mm. try to, you, you know, can break if, if your leg. Like a re <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, if it's like a reasonable goal, given how the training has been, like, I, I'll be like, you know what? Like, I think that's a reasonable goal to set. I'm like, but uh, you know, it might, it might happen sooner. It might take longer. You know what I mean? You don't mm. know. You, you never know how your rate of progression is going to go. You might have the best block of your entire life. And then the next block, you might just not have a good block at all for mm. literally like no apparent reason, you know? And, and as a coach, obviously you want to like try to look at, you know, trends and all that, but like, you know, it, it's so hard to predict stuff like that. And I, I hate, I hate someone being like, I'm hitting X number by this day, or it's like, and it's like some ridiculous, like they like squat, like, you know, 400 pounds and they were like, I'm going to hit 600 by the end of the year. I'm like, dude, I'm no, like, that is literally like you're deranged. Like mm. you're going to need a lot of uh, uh, supplementation for that one, buddy. Cause mm. uh, you know, it, it doesn't even make sense. Like, you know, it, it's just not healthy as a client or, you know, as a lifter to like, get so emotionally attached, to, like numbers within timeframes. I, uh, so I agree with you. You got to tread the, you got to try to find line between motivating and crushing their dreams. 
And so it's like, you gotta, you gotta say, you know, like with the, you know, I, I imagine like with a prep and with one of my guys, it's about to start. It's like, like when they ask, what do you think? Like, that's important because that's competition. But when they're these long-term, like next 12 months, next six months, and it's like, you can tell, it's not just like, oh, what do you think? What, you know, what range do you think will be in? It's like, I, it's usually like, like, do you think I can hit this exact number at this exact time period? It's like, well, yeah. And it's, you, I try to answer with half, half. So, you know, it, no, it might not happen. You could, this could happen, or we might not progress at that rate, or your deadlift might take the back seat for a couple of blocks or, you know, whatever. But it's also like, I want to say, yes, it's possible. And yes, you can, if you work really hard, because personally, I'm a lifter that manifests a lot of stuff. So, you know, I told my coach um, this year, you know, I have it written up on what I'm looking at it right now. I've got my goals for 2020 and I wanted to bench 190 kilos. And at the start of the year, when I could only bench, when my competition bench was 145 kilos, saying that I wanted to bench 190 was ridiculous. And at the time he was, you know, when, when I told him what I wanted to do this year, he was, you know, he's like, those are huge goals. And that was his way of saying those are huge goals. Like those literally they're huge. So it was kind of like, in his answer, I knew potentially might not happen, but it's possible. So I have chased relentlessly chased benching 190 kilos. And I've been telling myself all year, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know, and, and most likely I'm going to do it in a few weeks. And at the start of the year, it seemed impossible. So I think setting certain goals and talking to your coach about stuff that might seem unrealistic can often make it become a reality for me like that's at least how i approach my stuff i have i set goals that are way too big and if i fall short i fall short like you know what it doesn't really unless you're going for a record it doesn't really matter and so the what seemed like an impossible bench press is likely what i'll do um just before comp so you know with months left in the year and i think if i hadn't written it down if i hadn't spoken about it just mentally the drive wouldn't have been there to you know, push myself physically to where I am now, where I am almost capable of doing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's an insane bench progression also, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, you did, you know, good, good shit to you and your coach on that. Cause I mean, I, if what? I have any class out there, listen to this 45 kilos on your bench in like nine months, that is very difficult to do. So, you know, hats off to you, but my, my coach is um, a wizard. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I do work <laughs> hard and I do, you know, Ben, I am good at bench press, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I get to do the easy stuff. It's my coach that, you know, does that sort of hard stuff, but, um, yeah. And I think that it is, yeah, that it was kind of, you know, cause like you said, it sounds ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't mean, to, I don't like talking about yeah, myself, I mean, I mean, like it, it sounds silly. It sounds almost, unless you're like a new lifter, but I'm, I wasn't, you know, I'd been training for two, uh, for almost three years at this point. So it, it wasn't like a, crazy you know i'm still getting noob gains but it wasn't at the very beginning so it did seem really stupid to to chase it but i i you know chased it and and now you know i just sort of thought it into existence almost yeah yeah and i, I there is definitely a huge element of that of like you know manifesting your goals and and i love the writing stuff now i do the same thing like i write down you know goals or like i write down like rep prs that i want to hit you know during a year um, you know, and, and I have clients that be like, I want to hit this number by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, I, and I think it's good to like, 
you know, promote like that kind of thought when it's not putting undue expectation on the person. You know what I mean? When it's not putting them in a spot where they will like not like themselves if they don't hit that number. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think like, you know, it, it, there is a lot of power in like really strongly believing on yourself in yourself. And like, uh, you know, I always say like, you know, my clients, it's like bet on yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're not going to believe in yourself, it's like nobody else is going to believe in you, you know, for you, you know, so you, you got to be, you know, your own advocate and especially in powerlifting, which is an individual sport, you know, it's like, you know, no one, no one is going to help you like, you know, get motivated. This isn't like football or, you know, the bottom you know, line is sport. nobody actually cares. Like nobody, you know, unless you have close friends in the sport, if you miss your third deadlift, nobody's going to care except for you. It's not like, like you were, like you were saying, it's not, a, it's not where team sport where people have fans and it's like, well, I mean, kind of at the top level, you know, Russ and those yeah, people yeah, obviously yeah, do, yeah. but like, you know, even, even what would be, and, you know, let's say college football, I, I, from what I've heard is quite big and people are like, invest, like actually invested in that to the point where they care about the results and that sort of thing, at least from, you know, what I've taken from it, but you know, it, with those intermediate level powerlifters that are, are getting close to that level, it's like after 10 minutes, you know, after you miss a lift, nobody actually cares anymore. It's like, you do have to do, you are really on your own more than, and like the more you sort of lift and interact with people, the more you sort of realize it's just me. Like, it's not like, if I don't, if, like you said, if I don't believe in myself, you know, you know, cause people post like, I'm going to do this on Instagram. I'm going to do this and this. It's like, after you read it, you scroll into the next post and you forget already. Like I couldn't tell you yeah. one person's goal that I know online. And I talked to quite a few powerlifters. I couldn't tell you one of their goals. I know, actually no one. I, I know our friend, Alan, I know what he wants to do, but, but that's actually, cause I do care. Like there's a few powerlifters that I care about, but other than that, if you post and he doesn't post, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But there are some that do. And it's like, it's good to have goals and like, but you don't really have to put it on Instagram because n- nobody cares. Like nobody cares. When you scroll past it, you just forget. <laughs> like no, no one's going. Oh, I hope he. I hope let's. I hope he does bench two plates in his meat. Like it's like, you know. I, yeah. Like no, no one, no one's like really that emotionally invested in your yeah. training. Maybe your, maybe your like mom or grandma is, but like yeah, I mean like that. No other lifter is as much as you. Mm. You know, and, and yeah. Um, I just think it's like, it's interesting, like with Instagram, like, you know, I, I think a lot of people like it, it can be good for them to put their goals on Instagram because it can keep them accountable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do think it's funny sometimes when someone's like, you know, nobody believed in me and I hit this. It's like, bro, I don't even think about you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm happy for you, but this it's like, that, you know, that- it's, it's not that deep. Yeah, that who is it? Austin Perkins that always says he's like slept on. Is it him? Um, I I don't know, but that kid's a beast. Yeah, but, uh, that, that, that's what funny I mean. He would say that because he's like literally like the number two in his I weight think, class, isn't he? I think, it, I think it was Austin Perkins. Yeah, second to Taylor, who I think it not was not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be when he's about <laughs> to, he's going to out total the eighty threes. But it's like. I think it was him that said like, you know, I get, I'm underrated. It's like, you're number two. We know you're number two. Like nobody is just because everyone's talking about Taylor because he's the best palace to ever live. Doesn't mean that you're underrated. It's like you are rated how you should be. Like we know you're number two. We know it's, you know, 
you, you unfortunate in that your number one is Taylor and probably never lose for the rest of his pretty, career. Pretty rough, rough way class. Pretty, pretty rough end. spot yeah. to be in as a 74 and same as 83, you know, having Russ there. But it's like you're not underrated. You're we just we just rather talk about Taylor, you know. <laughs> it, it's it's you know, I think it's they compare themselves to others and they're like, well, he gets talked about this much, so I should be. It's like, well, no, he probably deserves to be spoken about more because it's like or or and that's in that's the only case where i think it's okay to say that like perkins saying that i think he has said it a few times and it's like okay well maybe i can understand that because taylor does you know and as i can imagine in his position it's quite rough because taylor gets hyped up as he should of course um but there are some younger lifters who are like you know nobody believed in me nobody it's like well why would we believe in you we don't know you. We don't know your work. <laughs> it's like, realistically, like I'm happy to support people chasing their goals. But if you tell me I'm going to bench this by this day, I'm not, I'm not going to believe you. Like if it's some, if like, if you, if you had said to me, what I said to my coach, I'm going to go from 145 to 190. I'd be like, no, you're not. Like, there's no way you're going to do that. But it's like, I don't need, like, I don't need anyone to believe in me other than my coach. Cause he's got to write the framework for the programming. He, when I tell him my goals, he writes it as in like, okay, this is what you want to do. So we'll set it up so that you can. It's possible. I'll give you the framework so that if it's there, it's there. I'm not going to restrict you from doing it. So I think talking to your coach about that sort of thing, saying here are my unrealistic goals, let's chase them. That's cool. But if you put it in your Instagram caption, it's a whole different thing. Like we we don't believe you. Like to be nice, I don't believe you're gonna do this yeah. by this day. And it's not because yeah. I don't like you. It's not because it's not possible. It's because I don't know you, and I don't know how hard you work, and if you're gonna get injured, and if you sleep enough, and if you eat enough. We don't know who you are. Like we don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not. Yeah, it's like it's like nobody is like doubting most of you yeah. most of the time. It's just like it's just like people know like what's normal, and it's mm. like. You know, if you're not like they, they're not like you know living in your house with you. You know, what I mean, so if you say something outlandish, you're gonna sound ridiculous. You know, mm. it's not rocket science, and you know, I, I think like the thing with a lot of like the younger lifters too is like, um, they grew up on social media, right? And so social media validation is like a huge thing, and I get it. And listen, I run a business. You know, the coaching business is like been very help you know augmented by instagram like the, the presence of instagram definitely helps grow coaching um so all, you know all I'm of my all of my that. clients are from instagram except for two so it's like i am i am as much as i do shit on instagram i am very grateful for it and yeah and in the role that it does play but yeah but yeah yeah and you know it, it, it's good in a lot of ways but it's like these younger guys you grew up with instagram it's like they're so focused on like their instagram analytics and like you know, their shares, you know, who's following, you know what I mean? It's like, they're so focused on getting like the attention, like, especially when pages like King of the Lifts exist and stuff. And uh, I feel like it can make them kind of like, you know, like be more focused on like the outcome than the process, you know, and, and the process is what gets you there. You see any of these top guys and you don't think that they were grinding for years before they got any recognition. You're, you're insane. I mean, mm. you know, someone like Taylor, you know, that guy, like, He's probably been lifting, you know, since before some of these young guys were even like alive. I'm, I'm mm. serious, you know. So it's like, like, you know, you, you got to be doing this for the right reasons, and you, I feel like, do last in, in the sport. And um, 
you know, it's like Instagram is great in a lot of ways, but it shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be so focused on like, you know, your, your attention you're getting on Instagram, Instagram to the point that it's like, you know, deprecating you, you know, it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much. You know, I and don't get, I don't like lose sleep you, over, you know, shit. Yeah. Well, the thing is I, I have friends that there are some guys in Australia and it's potentially cause you know, from Australia, like there's not as much exposure some of them deserve to have been on King of the Lifts, you know, like um, I had a guy, I had a friend, I had a mate uh, squat 345. It was a world record. He's a teenager, um, you know, no repost kind of thing. It's not that, it's not that, you know, maybe he wasn't seen. It's just maybe we, we sort of, you know, we want to focus on the American lifters, whatever. Um, and, you know, it bummed him out for 10 minutes when he thought about it, but he doesn't go around, Oh, I should have been posted by King. Oh, you know, like he trains independent of whatever feedback he's going to get on the internet. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think, you know, I've fallen victim to kind of letting that, you know, let's say I post, you know, when I post my 180 bench, you know, I had some comments and it's like, I think I let it, I, I want to word it well. I think I let it make me too happy. I like, oh, look, you know, I was obviously over the moon about benching 180 because it's a milestone for me, but I think I shouldn't as much as it is cool to get feedback from your friends, like the, the number of comments and the likes and people congratulating you. I think it, it went to my head a little bit. Not that I started going off showing it. Like, can I go around showing off my bench and that sort of thing? But I think <laughs> I, it like just the fact that it made me quite happy to have that feedback was, it's not a bad thing. Like, obviously that's an emotion I want to feel, but it's, it's kind of like a slippery slope in that it made me, I, I was happy. And I was like, Oh, this, should I be this happy that some people I've never met, you know, like, and, and I do have some, you know, online friends, but some people I'd never even heard of were congratulating me. Like, should I, should that be one of the factors that influence my happiness? And I think that's okay. But any, that to any more degree becomes a little dangerous and you sort of see, like you said, becomes deprecating to some people and, a couple come to mind. I won't say names, but um, I wanted to ask you, oh, um, it slipped my mind. Oh, yesterday, now that I think about King of the Lifts, um, I don't know his real name, King 67 or whatever. You might've seen he got DQ'd. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was actually at the meet that he did. Oh. Um, so uh, what is your opinion yeah, he, on him getting disqualified? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough situation. I was, just, I was standing right there when he got DQ'd. Uh, uh, and my buddy is actually the ref uh, that uh, I like, I've, I actually went with him to nationals last year, uh, but my buddy is actually the ref that I uh, gave him the warning the first time. Um, but uh, what, that, what was the, what was the warning for? Cause I know he got disqualified for the squat swearing. What was the, what was the initial thing? So, yeah, I'm a little, I, I, I'm slightly confused. So basically the meat director has a rule. No swearing at all. It's like the in the rules meeting, yeah, you know, they do before the meet. It's like he says, like, this is your warning, right? Like, this is your first warning. Wow. Um, so I guess you know it wasn't fully communicated between all the judges. Like the warning was in the rules meeting. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I think you got a, a warning the first time, like you know, from swearing. And then I was under the impression he swore again after he missed the second deadlift, and that's why he got ejected. But maybe I just wasn't like paying attention enough. Um, I mean, he, he's a very, actually a very nice kid. I, I don't know him very well, but uh, my friend Abner was handling him, uh, helping handle him. And the kid is very strong. 
obviously very strong for, especially for 148. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it sucks, you know, and the situation is kind of sucks, but it's like, you know, that's the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, it, it, it sucks, but I mean, the meet director, it's like, you know, he, he's trying to run like the best event he can. I mean, there's like children in the you know, audience there. He's trying to learn a live stream. There is like literally like, that was a huge meet. There's like little kids sitting in the front row. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand, you know, him not wanting people to like go swearing. I mean, he's like yelling the F word. You know, you got like an eight-year-old sitting like 10 feet away from him. You know, I, I, I can understand, you know, why the cursing would be And I think that's deal. important. I think that context specifically is important because on a couple of levels, I've got little brothers, right? So I understand when you, then you have younger siblings and a lot of people listening would too, you don't swear around younger kids. Like you just don't do it. So yeah. I think like when I'm out in public and if someone else swears in front of them, I feel uncomfortable. I, I It annoys me that you're in public. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You don't swear in front of little kids. That's people know that, right? So I think on that level of thought, he would have seen the, if like you said, there were kids in the front row, you would see that. Right. And it, it, in my opinion, it's irresponsible and I'd say he deserves it. But on another level of that, I think there has been times when I've done a lift where the next thing I say is not like out of my control, but it just happens. Like yeah. I remember last heavy single before my last meet, you know, I swore in the gym and it was, an, it was an almost, there was, the people in the gym were the two people spotting me. So it was an empty gym. There was no kids there. And I swore, but I didn't swear in the meet. I didn't swear when I got the, you know, like when I was even more emotional, I seemed to control myself. And when I, when it first happened, it was not because I was more excited than I was in the meet. Like when it first happened, I just knew that there was no one around me kind of. And I was like, you know, fuck yeah, whatever, whatever I said. But I think, yeah, me you're you're literally looking at people you're looking at audience members um who were lifting uh who are watching you lift and potentially kids so on that level i think you know i was equally as happy in the meet when i got my squat but i didn't swear and i think you know if he had a yeah, it's a rule yeah because it's, it's, like, well, it's like it's like it's, it's, it's not a rule actually like, it's not a rule in my federation i don't think but I, you know, yeah, it, I, I don't know if it's like an actual federation rule, but like the meat director said the rule, right? And to me, it's yeah. like, say you take your third deadlift and you like are so excited, you like throw it down, right? Yeah. And then it's like, you're like, oh crap, I didn't get that. It's like, that sucks, you know? And yeah. you did complete the lift, but you're not going to get it counted, you know, because yeah. you did oh, break yeah. that yeah. rule. Like you have to control the floor. And, and you know, like, especially like if, power, like if we want powerlifting to like get like, you know, more mainstream, like, you know, I just understand on one side, it's like, you know, you need people that are going to be super hype. And that kid, I think is really good for the sport in a lot of ways because he gets so hyper, you know, but on the other hand, it's like, you also have to make it like, you know, friendly for like people of all different demographics, including ages to, to watch. And it's like, you know, like it, say, like if I swear for my mother, you know, she's going to smack me. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, if I, if I went to a parallel to me and I yelled the F word after I squat, I'm not going to have a good time. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, I, mm. I understand like both sides of it. I, I just kind of feel like it's like, you know, that sucks, man, but it's a rule, you know, just now, you know, it's a learning experience. Mm. I'm sure that kid will, you know, have better meets than he did at that one anyway. So it's like, whatever. It's, and what makes me laugh is because I do poke fun and you probably, everyone listening follows me on Instagram. You know, I poke fun at people and uh, I had a comment tell me that I'm an instigator, which 
if, if that's what you want to say, whatever. Like I, I don't, I'm not, I don't give it to people who don't, who can't handle it or don't give it back or whatever. But um, I think what he said in the video was I'm the fucking phenom or whatever he calls himself. Now that, that is, what I, he said, yeah. that is ex- yeah. Cause it's in the video. So it's like, okay, if you let it like, and we're getting technical here. If you let off a fuck, yeah, it's like, maybe that was accidental. Maybe you didn't even realize you did it, but to scream out that at the top of your squat, I, that's got to be preempt. Like that's planned. Like that's not saying that yeah. just comes out of your mouth. You don't just say, I'm that like it, that's not an accident. That was a planned thing or something he consciously chose to say in the moment. Like it wasn't a, he didn't slip. It didn't slip. It's not like when you hurt yourself and you swear it's a whole, like that's a planned thing. And so I think the irony of that makes me laugh a bit because one, it's a nickname he gave to himself. I'm assuming, cause I've never heard anyone else call him that. Um, and two, I don't know. I, the, I, the, yeah, the, it, it does seem like he planned it out. Yeah the irony of being the phenom that gets disqualified for calling himself the phenom is quite a funny thing to me. And so, you know, it's never funny when someone gets disqualified, but the, the way he went about it and the way he addressed it on social media, I saw, his, I don't follow him, but I saw his post um, where it was just kind of like, anyway, here's my disqualified me. He didn't really say why, um, which is you know, yeah. he didn't, well, one, I'll commend him on this. He didn't attack the judges. He didn't attack the ref from what I've, from what I've seen. He kind of was no, just like, didn't. this is what, which is, you know, I'll, I'll applaud for, the, for that because it's a sport. You got to, you know, mate, I'll assume he respects what happened, but I just, I do think that the, the specifics of the situation are quite funny and the irony of it. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's the rules. You don't, you know, you got to respect the rules, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel bad for the kid, you know. He was respectful to, like, the meat director when the meat director was, like, explaining to him uh, why he got, you know, disqualified. Um, you know, and, and he seems like a very nice kid. I just, you know, you can't be – I mean, yeah, the, the fact that he yelled, like, about being a phenom with the effort, like, I, I can understand why the director's like, dude, what are you doing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that, you can't be doing that. Like, you can go to maybe another federation, you know, and do that, but – yeah, you know, USPA is like trying to be like, you know, they want to compete with USAPL. You know what I mean? Like they want to like, you know, like I think like the goal of like USA USPA national office is like to compete with USAPL and like, you know, be as legitimate. Mm. You know, so I, I I don't blame them for like being like you know a little bit more like strict on certain things. Mm. No, and sorry that. <laughs> I don't know no, so dog. dog. <laughs> it's very distracting. Um, she opened the door herself. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 they're, they're trying to they're trying to uphold a standard, and um, I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry. Um, they're they're uh, uploading. They're trying to uphold a standard that the other federations set. And when you let people off, when you start letting people um, break the rules like that then all of a sudden it's like oh well so this is so, oh, so you know or what he got let off because he's got you know they, they'll pin it on something you know let's say he got yeah. let off because the judge was feeling nice no one on instagram knows that or all of a sudden it'd be oh he got let off because he's got twenty thousand followers or he got you know and, and it starts coming down to people changing the narrative so i i do understand um yeah i understand it from both situations and i you know if it was an accident i feel bad for him if it was intentional you know 
that's that's what you get. If it was me and I did that, knowing that the rules were something else, uh, you know, I would own it. And he has seemed to own it, so I do um, commend him on that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw a comment uh, that was like, that was like, oh, you know, so it's an untested meat. Like they're all on steroids, but that's okay. But like the F word's bad, and I'm like, dude, it's not like they're like pinning steroids in like the warm up room, bro. It's not like people like got like syringes back there. You know, like, like, you know, I, I feel like it's like, like, there's always going to be people who take stuff. So it's like, there has to be some untested side. So it's like, you want to make the untested as legitimate as you can, you know? So, you know, even though it was an untested meat, you know, it doesn't mean that it's like anything goes, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like it's like, you know, your own bias of like, you know, I do this thing. And you know, so you know, everything that's not like specifically my fed or like my way of lifting is like wrong. And it's like, I feel like as you get older and like, especially like, you know, you, you walk across different, you know, people in terms of powerlifting community, it's like everyone should just do, you know, lift the way they want and like compete in the federation they want to federation, you know, or like, you know, the group they lift in, it's like, they have these certain rules. It's like, you know, just abide by it. You know, it's like, don't go around just like bashing everyone else. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, it's like a hobby at the end of the day and it, it, it's not that deep you know what i mean it's like he broke a rule you know whatever you know mm. it, it sucks he got dq <laughs> they didn't ban him you know? they didn't ban him from the school yeah, exactly. he, he, he can come back no, next week and like, compete shot, if he like, wants to yeah <laughs> people in the comments yeah, are like, like oh bro i am feel so bad for you it's like he still competed like his yeah. total he still hit they didn't stop they didn't stop him after his third squat they let him compete they let him finish he still got a total he's not gonna like you know maybe he was going for a, a world or national record i'd be like that fair enough like that would suck let's just say hypothetically he wasn't he still hit the total he still hit seven six hundred whatever like whatever he ended up hitting i don't know but he that yeah. he still finished the lifts like they didn't stop him so it's like what, what do you really feel bad about that his name it, it doesn't have its most updated total on open powerlifting like what yeah really what did he miss out on unless it was a record it's just a number next to a name on a sheet that nobody looks at. So it's like, yeah, I, I, there was people in the comments like, oh, bro, like you didn't deserve it. It's like, dude, are you serious? It's like, well, your favorite lifter didn't deserve to get disqualified because they broke the rules. What if it was a lifter that you didn't like? Would you say they deserved it? Like, it's just about, I don't know. It's, people will just openly defy yeah. people that they like or you disregard. It's whatever. But that's how, that's what social media is anyway. I don't, it's not specific to powerlifting. It happens all aspects of all, you know, online stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, arguably, it's even worse than other sports. I mean, you go to like, you know, I don't know if you, you know, follow the NBA at all. Probably not. But like, you know, NBA Twitter is like, you know, it's like insanity. You know, you got players on NBA Twitter, like going at it with fans. It's like hilarious. But, uh, you know, and, and it's like, you know, ultimately, like, that kid's going to be able to go and, like, hit more at another meet in the future, probably. You know, it's like... He's you know, I, I think he, his like, career, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he missed his second deadlift anyway, so it's not like he was, like, having his greatest day of all time, you know? Mm. So, yeah, you know, he'll be all right. Yeah, you I mean, that, yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's a tough guy. He'll, he'll be okay. If he deadlift... That's what I mean, like, you know, deadlift 700 pounds pretty tough probably a pretty tough guy you hook grip 700 pounds you, i think you'd be okay <laughs> some comments on your instagram posting i think you'll be able to handle it but yeah i don't know just something yeah, that i thought I, was i because i because I, I, right. I, I made a comment this is where i got told i was an instigator was that i commented play stupid games 
and and just as a you know it was kind of a joke but also you know like that's kind of what happens like that's that's and you know i didn't get any negative comments to mine i you know got a couple of likes from people you know i, I i'm not that invested in it. i don't even follow the guy so i don't actually care but i, I mean, you literally was, live in australia so i'm yeah. more people think i'm very you know like invested in stuff because of the the stuff i post online i don't really care like it's just a matter of you know i if i comment something on your thing and it's negative it's it's never intended to be it's always a joke i'm always most of the 99 percent of the stuff i post is a joke so I get people come at me about this and that. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's just, like, I'm just kidding. Like, if you, if you're too inve- if if it really affects you that much, you need to get off social media. Because if I'm, if I'm trolling and you're taking it to heart, yeah, you need to just like at the end of the day, like, there's that. I, I've seen this image. It was like, this. It's a cartoon. It's a dude on his deathbed. He's like, I wish I spent more time arguing online. And it's like. <laughs> I, I i it's it's you know obviously ironic but um yeah i just think like if stuff that's said online really does if you re- if it really affects you just hop off like go go yeah. get off get off social media if i if i make a joke at you and you take that to heart and that really hurts you like hop off you know there was a um i made a joke to you know the kid tyson and we, i've spoken about him before i i don't like talking about him but it's a good example i, I don't know tyson Rodina or whatever he uses the the bumpers he pulled like 800 on the deadlift he goes post on king of lifts i'm sure you you'd know him if, if you saw him you know he uses okay. he like grips All the right, bar super on. he grips the bar super close with the straps and like bends more and stuff no, i don't anyway. think i've actually seen it i don't follow oh. king of lifts actually because i just get annoyed at <laughs> I literally, like literally it, 74 and 83 is like all day long i'm like bro like yeah, that's yeah. sick, but like I don't it's, care. It's, I'm literally it's, fat, so it's a tr- it's a Russ repost page. It's literally every anything that Russ posts just gets posted back on here. It's like I follow Russ. Yeah, dude. I don't need to see this too. Um, I was trying to find the post. I can't find it, but yeah, I sort of commented on that, and I was like, you know, I made some joke. I made some joke in him anyway, and it was like, um, because oh, that's what it was. In his bio, he has one in a million genetic as an excuse as trying to hide that he's taking psalms or whatever but all right we're back after a quick intermission um uh from memory we were bullying kids online we're talking about bullying kids on king of lifts i um yeah i remember it was i made a joke and the response was kind of you know very very you make a joke at someone and they take the back foot and they're like i gotta defend myself it's like if if someone makes a joke about me i sort of just got if you if you respond you automatically lose like in the situation where you take their joke seriously, um, as soon as you respond seriously, you've lost. So I think my advice to anyone who gets comments from someone like me, it's like, don't even respond. Don't give us the time of day to, because I'm only doing it for a reaction. I don't do it because I actually don't like you. I do it for your reaction, for fun. It's, you know, I was, my cousin teased me when I grew up and and we were very, we were very close. So my, my relationship with people is often teasing them. And if I, te- you know, just don't 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 bite back because that's the fun um for us we uh, but yeah some people that don't understand yeah that. i mean our our first interactions were uh uh yeah. us arranging a pay-per-view boxing match you mm. know if you, if you guys can't tell like when something is satire you know what mm. i mean like you know if something is just like you know having having a go with someone mm. it, it's not that deep most of the time you know i i wasn't like this australian kid's trying to fight me bro mm. 
You know, I'm yeah. like, you yeah. know, I thought that was hilarious. You oh, know? you think you're and tough? I, you lost to what are the emus blah blah you know start attacking <laughs> start attacking my nationality whatever it's like you know you gotta you gotta be light-hearted on especially within powerlifting instagram because powerlifting instagram is brutal you say even the slightest thing that is wrong and you would get ripped apart by anyone like you, you make an you make a you get sent a hundred dms if you say something about this an unpopular opinion you know like the the ones that i yeah. post on, the ones that i post on the podcast get so many cents it's like I don't. I don't care if they're positive or negative. It's boosting the algorithm. It's the whole intention is, the, the whole the, that segment on it's my content, podcast, baby. That segment on my podcast is based around people caring what I think, even if I don't think it. I've posted some stuff that I don't even believe in, because it just is funny. People react. I'm. I'm not necessarily saying that I support it when I post it, but I am more posing the question to people. Not. It doesn't mean that I support it 100% and people buy it. It's, it's, you know, that's what I wanted. So just don't buy it. You know, if you disagree, if you're going to like, there's some people who comment, they're like, they give it, you know, structured, like sometimes Alan has disagreed or Aiden, they, they post like a really good thing. It's like, that's what I actually want. When you bite back at me and you're angry and emotional, that's, that's what I want. Like that's, yeah. don't, don't do that. Cause you, you've lost, but yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of a tangent about Instagram, but no, dude, I love, I like, I like making the, the sin powerlifting, like Instagram posts. Like I write all those and, mm. you know, I'm always like slightly nervous. I'm going to say something that might be like mm. incorrect. You know what I mean? Um, and Alan always leaves me these long, uh, po- like replies on the, the posts with his take. Mm. And I love it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't care if you're calling me an idiot. I'm like, cause I, I love that. A that you have this much like, you know, thought process going into mm. this and B it's like great discussion. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, you know, I, I'm always, you know, for people having strong opinions. Like, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it, if you're not going to have strong opinions about anything, you know, you're just going to be someone that's always going with the flow on everything. You know, no, no one's going to know who you are. You know, mm. it, it, it's like, look at, look at, uh, look at Noriega. You know, he, he's like infamous for like inflammatory opinions on things. And he has a, you know, a massive following and, you know, it's like, it's like he, you know, although I don't agree with him on a lot of things, it's like, I, I do respect that he does not give a, you know, give an F and he'll, he'll speak his mind. You know, it's Mm, like, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and the thing is like, if you, if you continuously keep your opinion to yourself and, and obviously there's a place to, like, there's a place and a time. But like, if you share and someone pulls you up, that's like a good thing for you. Like some people take it to heart, but it's like, it's no, you've, you know, you've, you've had an opportunity to learn and to be corrected. And, you know, usually there is someone out there who's knows more than you and can correct you. I'm sure if I posted all my stuff, you and Alan could pick me apart and that sort of thing. So, um, I do encourage, like, if you're listening to the podcast and you, you know, you, you, you heard us talking, you heard me talking about weekly coaching and RPE and linear, like, feel free to DM me and, and tell me why you think it's wrong. Like, as long as you come at me, you know, sensibly, I will talk to you and we can like have a discussion. Um, don't DM me and talk and say you are wrong, just, you know, whatever. But I, I encourage that sort of feedback and cause I, I, I'm happy to improve. I don't think that I'm, you know, all my methods are correct. It's just simply the methods that I use. It doesn't mean I don't think there are better methods. I don't think the other methods don't work, which a lot of coaches do is they'll pick one thing and they're like, I will defend percentage-based training to the day I die. And if you use RPE, you are wrong and you're a pussy and all this stuff. It's like, you know, 
that's those sort of that's that's a obsolete sort of um your mindset and i try not to have yeah. that so if you want to disagree with me go ahead just don't be an ass about it you know there there's like you remind me there's like the mark repito clip from his podcast he's like rate perceived exertion he's like he's like the p is for pussy i'm like all right <laughs> i'm like this, this guy is just off his rocker mm, yeah that, i almost that expect funny yeah i almost respect how insane of a take that is mm. it's just like this guy just does not give a shit about anything. This guy just wants to watch the world burn. Mm. Um, what does an old guy like know? that care? He's got a career. He's had his, <laughs> yeah. had his fun. He doesn't compete anymore. Like that'll be me. I'll be stirring up shit. I'll be saying stuff I don't even believe in just to annoy people later. I, I, you know how could you even take that seriously, dude? Like Evan Carden at this point, like I don't, he's blocked me, but I saw he made a cologne. Like he is egging us on. If you're still buying into that, you are the one losing. He is winning. If you are commenting, if you are sharing the memes about him. He is winning every time someone takes the bait. He he obviously knows that he's an idiot or he's well, not, he's not an idiot. He's being an idiot. He knows that and everyone just bites into it he, and he wins every time. I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah. I, I don't get, I don't get given, I mean, especially Evan Cardin doesn't even like compete, bro. So yeah. like who the hell cares about him? He's not, well, like, they do. People you know? care. People care about it. I know. That's I, what know. I mean. I'm just saying like what yeah. logical person could care. It's like the kid you were talking about earlier. You know, it's like, he does like straps with the deadlift bar with the bumpers, you know, and all this mm. nonsense. It's like, you know, I'm like, if I look like you can look up on open power thing pretty easily, you know, and see, you know, someone's about it. You know, mm. I, I don't have the biggest total on the planet and I'm not the most knowledgeable guy on the planet, but I'm, you know, I, I, I'll keep it real. Mm. You know, and I, I feel like, yeah. you know, that's why, that's why I like you. It's like, you know, you're just, you know, you're just straight up with it. You know, you don't claim mm. to be like, you know, a God or anything, you know, just cause you have like, you know, pretty sick podcast, you know, you mm. just like, you know, you, you just do your thing. And you know, I, I think people will respect you if you're like that, instead of acting like you're like, you mm. know, you know, all this. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, it's like, even if you're a powerlifting Instagram celeb, quote unquote, you're still nobody in the scheme of things. You know, as soon, like, as, you, as, soon as you put your phone away, you're just another guy yeah. standing in the gym. That's exactly. And like, that's like, I thank you for saying that. Like I, I've always been the sort of person that would just say what they're thinking sometimes in the wrong situations. And it's gotten me in trouble, but, um, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I coach, you know, a handful of guys, like literally a handful, two handfuls of guys. And, um, I don't know everything, you know, like we came on and we spoke about, we happened to agree, but if we had a disagreed, you know, we would have, um, I would have been able to learn from you. We just happened to have the same opinion, but, um, there's plenty yeah. of stuff I have left to learn, you know, like when I, when I offer coaching to some people, I'm like, you know, there is, there is better people that do this, but you know, I, the, the buy-in is always that I am cheaper because that is what I'm worth right now. I'm not going to oversell myself. I you know, I don't want to undersell myself. Like I'm I'm confident in what I do, but I'm not going to start even getting close to the price of full-time coaches. It's just no not even half of that. So it's like you know, I know my place and I do maybe speak out and I'm I like when I do speak out of my place it's usually irony or sarcasm or whatever, but you know, um the one thing I will not do is bullshit on Instagram because it's one thing lying to the people that actually care about you and because sometimes you know people are they you're emotional in their own personal life and there's the the motivation to lie is higher but when you're bullshitting people online who don't even care about you it's like bro they need a serious reality check if you care enough to lie to people who you've never met will never meet 
then I then, yeah. I then I have an issue with you. It's like, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying lying in your personal life is cool, but like that's that's you know, the, the, different the, circumstances. The, mo- the, different, yeah. the motive is there, like for some people, but yeah, if if you're on Instagram bullshitting, like, don't ever res- expect respect from me or acknowledgement. Like, you you'll know the people, you'll notice the people that I've had on my podcast. Um, you see a pattern, and so it's i do choose very you know for the most part i've chosen very carefully who i have on because not that i don't want people who disagree with me it's that i just don't want certain characters on you know to be representing that you know the podcast so it's yeah no i appreciate you saying that yeah 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 and and i think you deserve credit you know especially you know there, there's not that many like you know powerlifting podcasts out there that that have succeeded long term um, you know, and obviously you haven't like been, been doing this for too, too long, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's definitely not, not easy. And, you know, I think a big part of it is like, you know, find people that you, you can actually have a real conversation with. I mean, you know, I, in the scheme of Instagram powerlifting, I'm like nobody, you know what I mean? Or like Alan, for example, Alan is an insanely strong kid, but it's not like he has like a huge following, mm-hmm. you know, you had him on. He'll be, um, he'll be making know, his return. He'll return. There will be yeah. a- the old, the old post meet when, when he, when he, when he, I don't want to speak on his, actually, I won't, I won't even say anything. Uh, but he, he's definitely, if, if you yeah, no his, comments on the Alan Shoy experience, mm, he, he, he'll be coming back on. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to speak on his behalf as to what he's going to do, but um, I'll definitely have his, him in back on. And, you know, I've had Aiden and stuff back on um, because those are guys that I like, you, you know, it's, you know, some people like I, I've had, I imagine some people think, oh, you had Aiden back on because he's got following 5,000, whatever. It's like, no, I had him back on because I like him. I don't, it doesn't mean anything to me how, you know, like, yes, I've had Shane Hunt on. Yes, I've had Noriega on, but that's two people out of 27 that have had a big following. It's like, I'm not doing this so that you can learn stuff about people that you already know stuff about. It's, it's, you know, people, you know, at the time, Alan had a thousand followers. You know, or when I first had Michael yeah. on, Michael had nine hundred followers. I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. Like he, Michael was one of my favorite guests ever, and I, I still talk to Michael. So it's, it's like, it really doesn't mean it. the whole intention was to not do what's been done. So I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate if you've made it this far in the episode. I really do appreciate you listening. Um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, well, man, we'll, we'll wrap it up because it's been over an hour, but thank you very much for coming on and, and for talking. I did really enjoy today's um, discussion. It's sort of very, very more conversation than sort of interview. I try to get away from that interview type stuff, but it's all about the guests and how the guests can interact with me. And yeah, definitely, definitely a very good conversation today. Um, and yeah, just thanks again, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's my first podcast, so you know, you oh, guys, awesome, you know, man. Well, I couldn't go tell. easy on me. I couldn't tell. <laughs> um, I'll put this will yeah. go, this will go up tomorrow about twenty two hours, so I'll I'll let you know. I'll message you, but man, thanks, man, and and have a great day.